welcome to Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness, a life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment, where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. Hello and welcome to episode number 51 of Becoming Whole Podcast with Claire. And in this week's podcast, I have a beautiful friend of mine. She's a soul sister, Ariana Pinar. Um, and she is a Reiki master practitioner, a mentor to conscious creatives and business owners. And she also has Rituals of Grace, which is a subtle aromatherapy company dedicated to serving individuals who want to foster the best in self-care, self-love and self-expression. Ari is all about working with energy. And we have throughout the years of knowing her, probably about all sort of four, four years, um, we've spent many an hour talking all about the power of working with energy in your body for health, but also for consciousness, for raising awareness. And really, you know, as we change our energy, we change our state, we change um, some of the, the mental dialogue that occurs um, within our minds. And um, there's a real freedom in this. So we go deep in this podcast, as we normally do on one of these um, episodes. But this is a really nice kind of casual chat as we go deep and we don't hold back. We go to some of those and have some of those conversations um, that, yeah, feel a little bit vulnerable, feel a little bit like stepping outside of the the day to day. But I think more than ever, it's time to start just opening up. And, um, you know, this is an invitation to you to listen, to feel into what feels true for me. Um, I think that more than ever is this time to reclaim our power and come back to our individual truth and what really feels true to us and then leave all of the rest. Um, You know, this is the time of the... Well, many people are saying it's the time of the great awakening and, you know, I feel that to be true as well. It's a time of becoming aware of some of the darker energy, some of the darker things that have been happening in society that maybe we haven't seen as clearly as we're seeing now. Um, and, you know, amongst all of the stuff that's going on, it's so important to come back to our center, come back to our hearts and really feel into what's true to us. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview and I look forward to hearing any feedback that you may have or any questions. Let's keep the conversation going on all of these things. Okay, so before we get to the episode today, I just wanted to quickly sneak in and ask you, how does your morning begin each day? Do you start the day with snoozing, getting up at the last minute, maybe showering, grabbing some food and then straight to your desk for work? Or do you check your emails and social media while lying in bed? Absolutely no judgment here. I totally get it. I did this for many years too. But I wanted to let you know that there is another way to start your day that sets you up with a clearer mind, a happier body and a better sense of flow, productivity and joy through the day. And that is by starting a morning practice. And this isn't something new. The yogis have a name for it. They call it a sadhana. 
And many successful people like Tony Robbins, but Oprah, they also swear by it. I do too, and it's really changed my life. And that's why I decided to create a sacred morning practice that includes a yoga class, a breathing meditation, and journal prompts to help you start your day with more clarity, presence, flow, and an energy boost to tackle what comes your way with more ease. If that sounds good and sounds like something you'd like to get started with, then all you have to do is to click on the link in the show notes or head to my website and fill out your details and you'll be sent the pack today. Okay, and let's get straight to the episode. Hey Ari, welcome to Becoming Whole Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, babe. Oh, it is so amazing to have you on the podcast. So for the listeners, Ari and I have known each other for, I think about three or four years. And we kind of bonded from a place of, you know, yoga and spirituality. And then that led us to spending many an hour or multiple hours talking about energy and energy centers and the chakra system. And um, it's such a pleasure to have Ari on the show because she's one of my soul sisters. We've been kind of growing together um, over the last four years. And so it's so exciting to have her on the show. So Ari, let's delve straight in there. Let's, let's get stuck into to all of the juiciness. And um, so tell me a little bit about your journey with energy um, and um, sort of how all of this kind of has evolved for you. Mm. Energy for me has not been um, my, I suppose, it wasn't something that I just uh, decided to do. I fell into it, really. Um, to cut a very long story short, I injured myself um, a few years ago uh, from doing way too many yoga classes, teaching way too many classes. And unbeknownst to um, me, I had a hip condition prior to that. So what that meant was that I had to stop teaching completely. I mean, I couldn't move. I uh, couldn't sit for long periods of time. I couldn't lie down. It was painful. I had overworked hip flexors and underworked glutes. And so everything just needed a big reset. And I remember lying in a dark room. I think there was a moment in time where I probably hit a bit of a a wall. And, you know, in those times where you ask grace to fill you and you just ask for guidance and you think to yourself, like, where to next? Help me, help me, help me. Um, Because for someone who had used um, movement throughout her whole life to not only um, earn a living, but also it was kind of my identity. I felt Mm -hmm. like I had lost a lot of that identity through the injury. And there was a little voice that said, meditate. And so I did. And then there was a little voice that said, what are you actually doing when you're meditating? And thank goodness for Google. And I started to research all of this really um, interesting information. I mean, obviously I'd done two yoga teacher trainings, one that was anatomical focused and one that was very much energy focused. So I knew what was happening from a movement perspective when it came to energy, but I'd never considered the fact that you can actually move energy by not moving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I just got on Dr. Google and I started to do a long, arduous research sessions because there was nothing really else for me to do. 
And I always say to my clients, you've got to follow the breadcrumbs. Like one mm. thing always leads to the next. And you may not know logically why you're doing what you're doing, but in retrospect, it all makes sense. Mm. And uh, I landed up on a website uh, that was really about holistic healing. And I followed those breadcrumbs, which led me to working with a mentor uh, in all things holistic healing and complementary medicine. And that took me on a nine-month journey where I hobbled on into her house because we did a one-on-one mentorship for those months. By the time I left, I was healed. Now, I did a lot of Pilates, like clinical Pilates to help me strengthen the muscles and move my body again. But for someone who had been told and diagnosed with, um, with, with the, you know, a, a hip condition and said, they told me that I needed to go and have an operation in order to a hip replacement in order to. Oh, know, wow. And I wasn't down for that. And so for someone who chose the holistic path and was really committed to it at that stage, um, to walk out of there nine mm. months later, being able to move and feeling really high spirited. That was my first physical interaction with energy and energy medicine. Mm. And from there, I started to think more about the psyche and the spiritual and the emotional realms and how energy medicine in itself can have a direct impact on the physical body, but oh my gosh, it has such an impact on the emotional and mental bodies as well. Mm. So that led me down yet another rabbit hole. Um, And Mm. so this is just constantly evolving and changing for me. That was about seven years ago now. And I use myself as a guinea pig, right? Mm -hmm. I find out something new. I practice with it. I experience it. I kind of document my thoughts and my, the sensations that I'm having. And then I try something new and, um, Mm -hmm. I fell into it like quite literally I fell into it. And yeah, I love that. I love that. And quite often that's how it starts, isn't it? It starts off with something physical. Yes, it does. Because the physical is what we touch, what we feel, you know, we're in these physical forms. So when the physical breaks down, we can't ignore that, you know, we have to do something about it. And then the interesting thing is, is that then when we go down that route of, of healing, and if we start to, like you said, follow some breadcrumbs to kind of look a little bit beyond mm-hmm. and be open mm-hmm then it's interesting how we start to, we can start to kind of go down a different avenue. And, um, and like you said, it's so interesting because my journey is kind of similar in a way that then you start to make connections between, ah, oh, the mind and the body. And actually there's this direct correlation. And then there's, you know, a little bit of, yeah, could say, I'd say it's a little bit magical, the energy it's, it's, there's a, there's a magic to it. And, um, and I also loved how you said following the breadcrumbs, Mm. so connecting to the intuition Mm -hmm. and that internal guidance along the way. Yeah. It doesn't need to make logical sense. In fact, it hardly ever does. Mm. Uh, 20, you know, the hindsight is 2020. So you can look back and think, oh, well, that is why I did that. And just this morning, I was thinking to myself um, about something that I did, you know, about 10 years ago that I thought 
is actually helping me and putting me in good stead for what I'm experiencing today. Mm-hmm. So we tend to think that the brain in itself is the master organ. And what I've come to believe over the last few years is that it's not really mm. <laughs> our heart and our gut instincts and all of the other organs that we have within our bodies have superior um quote unquote knowledge, like if you want to call intuition knowledge, because it's connected to something that's so much bigger than what we can perceive simply with the brain. Yeah. And it feels like that, that journey, I mean, more people are talking about this, which is brilliant, but then, and you know, I'm going to talk about something that's maybe a little bit controversial, but we're just going to go there. You know, if you look at the world as a whole at the moment, we have been very much in celebration of the mind, of the logical dominant thinking mind. And it's not to say that that's not an incredible part of being a human. It's amazing. However, if we just solely focus on that, then we're missing out on a huge part of what it means to be human mm-hmm. and also what is needed to um, heal <laughs> the situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah. So I look at it as if, if my experience, but you know, if my bodily experience is a company, then my CEO is my heart and the manager mm-hmm. is the mind. So yeah. I'm going to tap into my intuition first and seek guidance from within, without, from universal source and energy. And then I'm going to use my very, very clever brain and mind to figure out a way in which to carry out the tasks that I've been yeah. instructed. Yeah, totally. Starting mm-hmm. from the heart, starting mm-hmm. from that place and then yes. bringing the brain into service of that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. And yeah, there's a, there's a feel for more of a call towards that in the world or that's what I'm feeling into anyway. Well, I mean, we're seeing how right now, you know, a lot of people are really struggling with mm-hmm. the thoughts the endless chatter that's going on, the fear that's happening within each one of our cities and towns, it's almost inescapable. And if mm. we had, we could learn how to park the brain and the thoughts mm. just for half an hour or an hour a day and allow the heart's intelligence to infuse us with a sense of safety and belonging, then we can almost use that fuel from the heart space to carry us through our day, even when the brain starts to, you know, get all chattery and and loud. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's why having some practices and things like that are crucial in order to cultivate that. So for example, someone might be sitting there going, well, that's all very nice, but how do I do that? Mm. Because maybe they haven't connected to that place within the heart. I know that for myself, you know, years ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known anything about this. I thought everything was to do with the mind. Mm. What's a, what are some practice that you would recommend people to start on and to start to connect more deeply with that heart space to the intuition, that kind of knowing? Yeah, it's a really easy practice. Um, And it's simple. It's simplistic in how I instruct it. But that doesn't mean that it's not valuable and it also doesn't mean that, um, you know, it needs to be taken lightly. So simple and easy doesn't mean less than, right? Mm -hmm. So 
it's more about the consistency, which I'll explain in a second how to do it. And if you could do it for three minutes at a bare minimum, at least once a day, you'll find yourself connecting within so much deeper over time. And what I've instructed many people to do is increase the time by a minute, you know, once you feel comfortable and you go up to say, you know, 21 minutes or 30, 33 minutes, however you feel called. Now, this practice has been taken from many different people that I admire from afar. Um, it's little bits of Joe Dispenza's work, a little bit of Danielle Laporte's work, a little bit from the Heart Math Institute, which is an incredible um, organization who does uh, a lot of research and study into the heart's intelligence and also the work of Greg Braden. So all of these really incredible people who teach these practices slightly differently, but they all really um, are about us tapping into the heart's intuition and the heart space itself. So you're going to take your hands and you're going to place them on your heart space. And so what I mean by heart space is the center of your chest, not to the left or the right, more so on the center. And you can choose uh, you can choose whether or not you want to place it in the center of your chest or just above the center of your chest. And the way that I differentiate between these two is that the center of the chest is a collective connection. So I'm connecting to the collective and or receiving and giving gratitude and appreciation to the collective. And if I want it for myself and I want to receive and give that love to myself, I'm going to place it on the higher heart, which is just above the heart space. And you can inter interchange between those two spaces whilst you're in the meditation. I like to place the left hand onto my heart space first and the right hand on top of the left. So left being the feminine, the nurturing, um, you know, the aspect of giving. And I'm going to place it on my heart space first and then the right hand on top of the left hand. And I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to take three deep breaths. And you can breathe in through your nose if that feels comfortable. And if you feel like you're carrying a lot of psychic weight, then you can breathe out through the mouth to release it completely. So I'll wait one more deep breath just to allow yourself to settle into this moment. And then bring your attention through to your heart space. So whether it's the actual heart itself, hearing the beating of your heart, or maybe you want to bring your attention to your hands pressing into your heart. And notice what you notice. And maybe nothing, or maybe you start to feel a bit of energy moving around in the heart space. And now bring to mind something in your life that you are grateful for. And it doesn't have to be big, huge. It can be simply the fact that you are breathing or that you have a beautiful coat on your back to keep you warm. Or maybe it is something that's really, really dear to your heart, like a relationship that you have or an experience that you've experienced recently. And think about that gratitude that you have for this said thing, person, experience. And notice how when you feel gratitude for this thing, 
you have a swell of energy that's actually lifting you a little bit higher. And sink into that practice a little bit more. So think about it even more and notice how you feel when you're in gratitude or appreciation. Or maybe you want to start thinking about how much you care about a person or a thing, an animal perhaps. And the longer you're in this practice, generating this beautiful emotion of gratitude and appreciation. The longer you're here, the longer you stay in this emotion, the more you have to be grateful for. And the more you have to be grateful for, the more you have to be grateful for. And every time your mind starts to drift, you can come straight back to the feeling of your hands on your heart space and start all over again, maybe thinking about something different that you're grateful for. And so whether this practice lasts three minutes, seven minutes, nine minutes, 11 minutes, you're constantly bringing your awareness back to this sense of being grateful. And so if you're doing this practice with me now, Take a couple of deep breaths just to release the practice. You may want to bend or bow your head so that the thinking mind pays its respect to the heart space. And you come out of the practice. And what I found to be true is that not only do you experience this practice um, or experience the heart almost swelling throughout the practice, The more you do this, the more you'll experience that in your everyday. So you'll be walking down the street and all of a sudden you'll catch a leaf, you know, the the glimpse of a leaf and the colors of it. And all of a sudden you'll just think to yourself, gosh, that is so beautiful. Oh my, like, I can't actually get enough of that leaf. How, how lucky am I to be on this planet to see that leaf? And it sounds really crazy, right? for me to be talking this way and and for even to be thinking about that, but I can guarantee you, you're going to have that experience. Mm -hmm. The more you practice this heart space meditation, the more you're going to find things in your life to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what we want to do when we're trying to get out of the head. Yeah. Yeah. Back into the heart. Beautiful. Thank you so much for guiding us through that practice. Such a beautiful practice. And as you said, it, it is simple, but it's profound. Yeah, how did you feel? You were doing it as I was... Expansive. um, mm. Expansive. So that feeling of, you know, connecting to the heart through the hands on the heart and that feeling of that full connection Mm. physically, Mm. then bringing my attention into that space Mm. and then feeling into that sense of gratitude. Mm. And then feeling it more and feeling it more, I could then feel it expanding out and out Mm. and out. And, you know, I, and I completely agree with you about the profundity of the practice of something like this over time Mm -hmm. and how it gets to a stage where, yeah, you're in your everyday Mm -hmm. and see the light in a certain way Mm -hmm. or you yeah you feel the wind on your skin Mm. 
and those things that in, when we're in our heads, we don't even notice. No. We we'll go for a walk and we get back and we didn't see anything really. Exactly. Yeah, we've been we up in our just heads. thinking about our to-do list and yeah. what's going to happen tomorrow and what someone said and whatever the worries are. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually to take the time to do these practices and to keep showing up to them, to bring ourselves out of the head and into the heart then has that huge, not only for self in terms of um, a connection to something so much greater and something so much more beautiful, but also in terms of actually how we start to act in the world. Yeah, that's ultimately what it is. Because if you're feeling a sense of gratitude, that is, like you said, an expansive feeling and a feeling is magnetic. So the more you feel it, the more you have to be grateful for, and the more you're going to draw those things back into your life. Mm, yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. So um, yeah, I really hope if you're listening to this that um, you enjoyed that practice. And definitely what I found is, yeah, it is a practice. It's like yoga, it's like any of these things. It's like we just show up to it again and again and again. and. Um, and things start to change, things start to shift and we start to notice more. Mm. And also it's really important to note not to be attached to the feeling of expansiveness, just the same way as when we go to our yoga mat and expect to feel something after our practice. Sometimes you will feel expansive after a a heart meditation and sometimes you won't. And that's okay. Like regardless of what you feel after something's happening. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so true, so true. The mind and its attachments can be tricky. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't do it so that you can feel better. Yeah. Do it because you love the practice. Totally, totally. It's that kind of, yeah, that devotion and dedication to not for the outcome. <laughs> yeah, which is tricky. Yeah, it is tricky for sure, for sure. Okay, so let's circle back a little bit more and talk about the energy system within Mm -hmm. the body. Mm -hmm. So something that we really kind of connected um, together on all those years ago was talking about the the ancient chakra system Mm -hmm. and and kind of delving into that from this kind of mind-body connection, emotional connection to best understand some of the things that were going on in both of our lives. Yeah. To then have some sort of practical tools and things like that that we could then work on to better understand self and understand how to kind of heal and, and move move through some things. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about, um, yeah, the energy system? Mm-hmm. A lot of the work that I do not only encompasses the yogic path, so understanding uh, the energy system from a yogic perspective, but also from a psychological perspective. So I love the book written by Anodea Judith, which is Eastern Body and Western Mind. And it's just such an incredible way for us to look at how these ancient traditions can become not only sacred in our evolution of exploring them, like, you know, how we evolve as we explore them, shall I say, but also how we can, from a Western perspective, really come to terms with the way that these energies actually show up in our lives. Mm. And so when we 
start to look at the energy system, we know that it has an energetic and, uh, you know, a frequency, an energetic uh, vibration that each one of these energy centers uh, give off and portray. But psychologically and emotionally, each one of those energy centers that run up and down the spine also interrelate to something in the physical world. So therefore the physical body to the mental body. So the thoughts that we have, the programs that we are programmed with, the belief systems, which generally come from our family of origin. Uh, that's very much a psychological way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And then the mental body as well, which generally comes from the psychological mind as well, or the the psychology behind it. Because when you have a thought, you will nine times out of 10 have an emotion that's attached to the thought. And therefore Mm -hmm. that is associated with the energy center too. So looking at the energy system as a four pronged approach, which is the way I dig looking at this, Mm -hmm. looking at it from a spiritual perspective, a physical perspective, an emotional perspective, and a mental perspective, helps me to digest all of the experiences that I've had in my life and continue to have in where I can support not only my physical body a little bit more, but also my spiritual evolution. Mm. So to bring it straight back, you have seven energy centers that run up and down the spine and there are many more, but for the purpose of today, let's just talk about seven. And, um, they range in different colors from red all the way up to white, starting from the base, running up to the crown as in white. And each one of them relate to a a set of nerve plexus that run up and down the spine. So you have the root plexus. So the, you know, the root energy center and the sacral energy center, the solar plexus, as we know it, the Mm -hmm. heart space, the throat space, the third eye, and then the crown of the head. And yeah, they're kind of the data banks of all of the information that we have ever known throughout time, past lives included, and what we're experiencing now in our lives. And they're just living, breathing energy vortexes that live with us and support us throughout our experiences. Mm, mm, great explanation thank you for that mm. yeah and then and and then the deeper and this is from personal experience the deeper that i go into understanding more about these energy centers the more i can start to see that this connection between the physical the mind and the emotion and the spiritual and i'd love to talk a little bit more about what's been happening recently because i mean this year has been a huge year for absolutely everyone but no one has managed to avoid what's you know going on everyone has um experienced something um and what showed up for um you know a lot of people at the start of this virus was huge amounts of fear mm-hmm. and fear it connects to the root chakra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this sense of safety and mm. this sense of feeling supported or not feeling supported. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, 
Mm. And, uh, you know, I haven't spoken to many people about this, so it'd be good to chat about this. But I found it so interesting that one of the first things that happened when, you know, the media were reporting more and more cases was that the supermarkets ran out of toilet paper. And where is the root chakra <laughs> connected? Exactly. <laughs> You know, so it's this fear. What do we go to? Well, I need to get toilet paper. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and, but even since then, and things have settled down in terms of buyer behavior and, and all of that, but people are still experiencing huge amounts of fear. Yeah. So is there anything that you could recommend to help support people at this time to get more balance into their mm. root chakra, chakra area. Yeah, look, I I love that you've brought that up because it's a real life example of how the four ways that we can experience our energy centers are not separate. Right? They are a living breathing experience that are all interwoven and interrelated with one another to create the life that we live. You can't just say it's a physical experience because the fear, the thoughts, the emotion, and then the physical experience of going out to get toilet paper. I mean, there's, there's a really good example in that, right? Mm. Um, and one of the really beautiful explanations that I heard, which I'm I'm going to put in my own little bit, uh, my own spin on it, I suppose, is um, the difference between understanding faith over fear mm. and in having faith over fear. And the concept was originally taught to me by Caroline Mace, who's a dear spiritual mentor of mine from afar. And I heard her speak about this and it made so much sense to me that faith and fear, or this is what I took from it, faith and fear are both energies and we can choose whether we want to lean into faith or we want to lean into fear. Mm. Leaning into either one of those things is, is, takes the same amount of effort. Okay. And whether we want to lean into faith or fear, we're going to have to make a choice. It's one or the other. Both of them, we are believing in something that hasn't happened yet. So we're either having faith that things are going to get better from, you know, from a perspective of the virus and what we're experiencing now, or we're in fear that things are not going to get better. Either way, these things are in the future. Mm. And the having an expectation that things are going to get better, but leaning more on the fear side of it is what if they don't get better, then what? Right. Whereas faith is, it doesn't even ask that question. It's just, that is how it's going to be. And I mean, if it doesn't get, better, I'm going to be fine anyway, because I have faith that it's going to be better mm. and better can be anything. Right. Could you could take that word and, and use it um, to fit your own circumstance, but um, there have been a lot of really tragic things that have happened over the last few months because of what the world has experienced that are related 
to the virus, but that are not related to the virus. And I don't want to downplay the, the experiences that people may be having um, that are heavier and more, um, you know, yeah, I just don't want to downplay that. So when I give an example of a practice that you can do to, to bring your energy from the root space back into balance or harmony, you know, I also don't want to make, I don't want to, I don't want to discount how difficult this situation can be for some. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's not just a case of, oh, you just want to believe and then everything will be fine. You know, some people are really experiencing some heavy, heavy emotions and events that, that are going on for them. Mm-hmm. But for most of us who, um, or oh, a lot of us who are experiencing emotions that, you know, seem constrictive and contracted and that we're in, you know, lockdown so we can't see our friends and we can't go out and, you know, just basic human needs of social interaction. I'm talking to those experiences. The ways in which we can bring our root back into harmony is everything to do with the physical. So get out of your head and into your body. Mm. Move your body. Whether it's a yoga practice or a run, if you're, you know, you've got your 60 minutes outside of your house at the moment, depending on where you are in the world, like use that time to get into your body because one of the tragedies I see of imbalanced root chakra is disassociation Mm. from the physical body and from your physical experience. This is where a lot of addictions will come from a lot of vulgar acts that are disassociated from basic human needs and emotions. And it's really important for us to understand, even if we are spiritual beings in, you know, in this body, we are in this body regardless, Mm -hmm. like we can meditate and, you know, tap into our intuition until the cows come home. However, if we're not here physically, having an experience, then what are you doing? Yeah. Right? For sure. So from, from the spiritual perspective and, and a, a lot of the spiritual community will talk about meditating and, you know, reaching higher states of consciousness and that's all great and well, but when you're looking to move away from fear and, and more into faith, it's not just as simple as meditating and thinking higher thoughts and choosing faith over fear. You have to move your feet as well. You have to get into action and do a couple of, couple of crunches, you know, abdominal work or like jumping jacks or do something that involves your physical body. Get back into your physical body and enjoy the fact that you can move. And if you have a disability that stops you from moving your physical body, find something that brings you back into your body, whether it's coloring in or, you know, moving your arms around or whatever it is that actually brings you back into that experience of your physicality. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's so important because if you think about how, you know, our lives have changed, you know, gyms are not open. You know, a lot of people go into gyms to get their exercise in within their, you know, normal mm-hmm. everyday routine. Well, mm-hmm. gyms aren't open anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and we aren't able to kind of get out and about as much as we were before. And so there can be a temptation. And I've spoken to quite a few clients and different people who've been sort of saying that since lockdown, 
their their routines have completely gone out the window and there can be a temptation to be more stagnant yes sitting in front of the telly yes taking in all of this fear news yeah and then like you know what you're saying one of the ways to get more into a place of faith more into a place of stability and feel supported is to get into the body yeah 100 percent. so so like you said you know in the hour of getting out side mm-hmm. get into your body you know yeah. and and feeling into the legs yeah. and feet and that connection to earth yeah yeah and um, you know this is something that i do in my life all yeah. the time when i get a, when i feel like i'm too much in my head and i'm thinking too many thoughts and my mind is racing i roll up my mat like that is that is my movement and my breath and my even if I'm still thinking about all the crazy thoughts, because let's be honest, like regardless of how long you've been practicing yoga, like that doesn't automatically put you in a state of, you know, bliss all the time. You have to constantly work with it. And so I roll out my mat all the time when Mm. I'm starting to feel a little bit, you know, edgy. And, and I, even if I'm thinking the thoughts while I'm moving my body, I'm still moving my body. Yeah. Still moving my body. And it's so, so important. You know, Mm. we don't place enough importance on that. So, you know, even having a bath, like if you don't have energy Mm. and you don't want to, you know, jump up and down or for whatever reason you're finding it challenging, do something else that's, you know, really beautiful and nourishing for your body. Have a bath, an Epsom salt bath or a magnesium flake bath. You know, there's a range of different things that can help you get back into your body that don't require you to run around the house kind of thing. You know? yeah. yeah, 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 totally. And I love that because, yeah, as you said, some people may have injuries or there are days when you just feel really exhausted, yeah. but having other ways in which you can yeah, connect to the body that don't involve, you yeah, know. Yeah, a so, massage, a bianga, like there's so yeah. many things. It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I love that. And I, I think... Um, you know, what you were talking about before is, you know, faith over fear. And I loved how you also explained how it's like, you know, faith is, it's a big one Huge. and it's, and we can't think our way into faith as well. No, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot. And, um, and so this sense of, yeah, using the practices and getting into the body, this embodiment, Mm-hmm. It's where we find that sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could just play around with it, you know, in yeah. your own time and experience what fear feels like in your body mm. and then experience what faith feels like. And I can, I can tell you which one I'm going to choose, right? Yeah. Because faith is expansive and yes, it's not knowing and it's, you know, very almost removed from you almost, mm. even though it is you, but you have this experience of just leaning into something that is much bigger than you. Mm. And so you're reaching for it and expanding to get it. Whereas fear feels constrictive and tight and put me in a dark room um, and let me curl up in the corner kind of image that I get in my head when I think of fear. Um, Yeah. Faith is a huge one. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I love that as well. You know, that feeling in the body of like, yeah, what does inquiring into what does fear feel and where do I feel it? Mm-hmm. What does it feel like? And, mm-hmm. it, and, you know, for me, similar to you, it's a feeling of drawing away from life. It's a contraction. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, yeah, hiding away. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and or it could be aggression because we're seeing that play out as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that's a disassociation right because mm-hmm. that in itself is the the inability to move towards the fear and the trigger for the fear and the reason that you're triggered and put into fear mm-hmm. so if you're able to uh, consciously move towards the trigger, towards the fear in itself, the thought and the emotion that is in your body, you'll soon start to distill where that comes from and why you're experiencing that and pluck it out from the root and then move on with your life. Not to say that that's easy. That's a very simplistic way of looking at it. But when we don't want to do that, when we don't want to move towards it, the only thing to do is run and charge in the opposite direction. And that's where people start to project their, their fears onto others in the form of anger and aggression. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, kind of aligned with that as well is, you know, there's a lot of traumas that are coming up to the surface, a lot of unresolved stuff that, you know, they're, there probably hasn't been that much talk um, just in general about trauma and the effect that traumas have on human beings. And then if we don't get healing to the traumas, that then if they get triggered, then it can we can be going into big reactivity exactly. and big aggression and that has ramifications as well. Exactly. And remember that a trauma is not just something that we've experienced that can be termed traumatic. It can be a perceived trauma too. So something that as, you know, children, we perceived to be traumatic, even though it wasn't intentionally done to us, um, we can take that as a trauma and actually program ourselves into, uh, you know, safety almost Mm. so that anytime something like that comes up for us, even though it's not directly quote unquote, attacking us we perceive that to be an attack and therefore go into that reactive mode that you were just saying Mm. and so we see a lot right now I don't know about you but I see so many people wanting to stand up and make a change like people Mm. want to stand up and fight for things that they believe in and I'm always asking um, of the collective the individuals as part of the collective just clean your own house first yeah i can make sure that the place you're coming from is not reactive Mm. because i want there to be change in the world i think we all do Mm. but when the change makers are coming from a wounded self when they're coming from a reactive state a that change is not sustainable you're going to burn out and something's going to come from that that isn't in your favor Two, it's biased because you're coming from this wounded place and you are out to get blood. Like, you know, like you're a ferocious animal that's inside of you. That's been dormant. It's been triggered. And that is it. And there's no stopping that animal if, Mm. if it's, you know, loud enough. Mm -hmm. And three, if we look at it from a very esoteric point of view and we want to really be change makers in the world, mm. fighting fire with fire yeah. is not going to work. So no. we need to learn how to soften and claim back our power mm-hmm. from those psychic wounds and the ways that we've you know, experienced life thus far, consolidate everything that we have experienced use that wisely and make a change from a place of love yes from a place of acceptance non-judgment and a place that is um, all inclusive which 
as I'm saying these words, I know that that's triggering for some because how are you supposed to show people love and compassion and kindness if they're full of vulgarity and, you know, all the rest, but baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do everything. This is the thing. You don't have to be everything to everyone and do all the change and stand up for every single movement. Mm. First, figure out how to clean up your own house, i.e. take care of your own psychic wounds, which comes back to you know looking after your own energy system. And then from there, you'll be able to discern what parts of the world do I want to invest my my energy into to help make a change for said thing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. totally i love um and thank you so much for um kind of you know going through that and um deciphering some of that because um i think so many people are feeling a bit helpless at the moment what can i do or getting triggered by certain things and then going into a place of reaction or action and um it's so important to yeah take stock and see you know if you are feeling really triggered before reacting or acting can you just take a little bit of a step back and see those parts of self and maybe inquire what is it about this that is triggering me Mm. um and and yeah and as you said clearing up your own house first Mm. always Mm. starts with self Mm-hmm. The other part of what you said there that I think is really important is this whole thing with, um, you know, fighting fire with fire, because where does that end? There is no end point. It keeps no. going. It keeps, you know, that fire keeps spreading. It has no end point. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what is the end point? Well, something has to change. Yeah. And Someone has to soften someone has to soften something has to happen to come back into the heart mm-hmm. um but also acknowledging like you said yeah that can also be not necessarily the most easiest thing oh my but- gosh no it's not it's almost it's almost not human to yeah. some extent we have made that normal right mm-hmm. oh well they did this to me so then i deserve to feel this way towards them. I des- they deserve what they're getting. And yeah, there's justice. And um, I'm not arguing with that for one second. Yeah. And I am in no way, shape or form um, at that point where I can, you know, dish out advice about justice. It's not my, yeah. it's not my realm of um, expertise. But what I do know is personally in my life, the times where I've softened towards those that have hurt me are Mm. the moments in which I have had myself um, gracefully, um, yeah, have evolved. Yeah. I've gained so much from that. Mm, Totally. And I just got goosebumps from you saying that because there's that word grace. Mm. It's, it's grace. It's, it's, this magical feeling when you soften and let go of the ego mm-hmm. that need to be right mm-hmm. to get revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to Abraham Hicks, which hardly ever happens nowadays, but I was just listening uh, yesterday to one of their recordings and um, 
she said something in there or Abraham said something about uh, the, you're not experiencing pain. You're actually experiencing the resistance mm. to the pain. Like that is what the problem is. Like, yeah. And it's the same concept of what you just said. Like you're holding on so tight. The holding on doesn't make you better. It's more painful. Yeah even though it seems counterintuitive to let go and i.e. forgive and or, you know, resolve the issue, that is where your freedom lies. It's, yeah. it's paradoxical in nature. In fact, everything is paradoxical. Like the things that we think are big, huge are actually really small and minute. And the things that are tiny, like the everyday ritualistic practices, they are the huge, big things that make a difference, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo. Wow. This has been massive. This has been Huge. such a brilliant, yeah, brilliant chat, Ari. I love our chats. We go there to all always are. <laughs> yeah. And it's so great to share one of these kind of deep dive chats with um with other people as well. And mm. um, you know, to 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 have these types of um chats I've found in my life has been so incredibly enriching mm. and so I thank you so much for holding all of the space that you have in my life <laughs> me too babe oh yeah. my God. I'm bringing my hand to my heart now in so much gratitude for you yeah, yeah. same same my love mm. so there were so many other things I wanted to talk to you today <laughs> maybe we need to do another um podcast episode another time I'd love to um, you know, you've got a number of really beautiful offerings out there in the market and um, so that people can kind of go deeper into ritual and really start to practice some of these things that we've been speaking about today and start to incorporate them into their lives mm -hmm. and become their own teacher. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And so tell us a little bit, a bit, more about what you have to offer people if they want to delve deeper. Mm -hmm. So I have this really beautiful five-day energy cleanse that is for free for anybody who wants to explore their energetic um, bodies a little bit deeper. I used to run this program at a certain time each month and we would all do it collectively live. But what I've recently done is made that an offering that you can go into at any point and start to receive five days of email uh, practices that are going to help you to settle and find your own ritualistic practice. So if you jump onto my website, which is ariana.com.au, spelt A-R-I-A-N-N-A.com.au, and you'll pop your name into the, um, the subscribe box, you will get five days of emails that will help you with practices and tools that you can use to help cleanse your energy. It's important to know, and I do mention this as part of the, the five-day uh, sequence, is that your energy can't actually get dirty. So when I say cleanse your energy, we're just really talking about moving your energy. It's just that from a Western perspective, we, we tend to become really attracted to the word cleanse and I want this work to have an impact um, as yeah. much as possible. So mm. cleansing is just going to be moving your energy really so that mm. you can get rid of stagnancy within the body. Beautiful. Um, 
And then depending on when this podcast episode will be published, um, I have a program at the moment called Lessons in Truth, which is my baby, my absolute baby. I've been looking at hosting something like this for many years now. And it is a program that's run over 12 weeks that really delves into everything that we've been speaking about today um, from a mental, emotional, spiritual, and energetic point of view. So see more of that on my website as well um, under the lessons in truth tab yeah amazing amazing i'll make sure that i get this podcast out before then oh, so that we'll darling. have the opportunity to um yeah delve into that if it's really calling and um, because you know now is a beautiful time to kind of delve deeper into self and get those tools and start the practices and all so of that important so that each of us individually can not only manage our own health and our well-being um but also start to raise our vibration at a time when you know the the levels of of energy and the the fear vibration which is a low vibration um vibrational energy is kind of rife yeah. and um, yeah. and, and, you know, something, and just as we finish up, something that's been coming through to me really strongly recently, and I just keep getting messages and things I look at and is this feeling of like, take your power back. Yes. Take oh my gosh. Power back individually. Yes. Learn more about your body, learn more about your mind mm-hmm. and learn more about health and really take charge of that within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, we think that we need to make a change collectively and that we have to go out into the world and, you know, do all of these big gestures that are going to change the way things are going. But if each one of us just took responsibility for our own power and our own energy and our own bodies, that would naturally not only increase the likelihood of change actually occurring, Mm. but we become the change makers for ourselves and then that ripples out to our family and friends and then that ripples out. So you don't need to go out into the public arena and be big, huge, dramatic, you know, you can just simply be at home and start doing the small everyday ritualistic practices that cultivate change. Mm. And you just watch, Mm. you just watch. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Starts. Yes. It starts with self. Hundred percent. Yeah, it can't start anywhere else. Yeah. 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 Oh, love it, love it. Well, thank you so much, um, lovely Ari, for coming onto the podcast. And I'll put all of Ari's um details and website and all of the things um in the show notes so that you can connect with her. And I'm wishing you a beautiful rest of your day. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message. And if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you. So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.